Today on Between the Lines, one of the best-selling and respected mystery writers of our time, the talented Michael Connolly. Welcome, I'm Barry Kibrick. Michael has delighted over 50 million readers with his books. And his Harry Bosch series is so popular, it led to its own show on Amazon TV. As an award-winning journalist, he brings truth to fiction. And with his newest Bosch installment, The Burning Room, we will all be able to relate to the emotional realities Michael brings out of his beloved detective. I'm a writer today because I was a reader when I was 11 years old. And it was... You You do not need to prove your state of happiness to anybody. Most of these features were as much as a month in preparation. Characters, the heroes in this book are seekers of truth. In, in a story that, that involved a lot of corruption. I don't get a chance to really talk about what's real. And that is the first Michael, it is a pleasure to have you on the show. What a thrill it is as a, a guest on Between the Lines to have uh, such a esteemed author. Thank you for joining me. Oh, well, thanks for uh, having me. I'm really um, proud to be part of this uh, tradition. It's uh, very cool. Well, you know, I'm going to start with the fact that you have, just about when this is airing, you're going to debut on Amazon television with the Bosch series. And uh, I want to say that I have in the book, I don't know if you realize it or not, I'm assuming this was written probably before you started the series, but you sort of foreshadowed something. And I have to, I have to grill you on this for one second. Okay. You say this, Bosch always thought, that if you started with the assumption that murder is an unreasonable action, then how could there even be a fully reasonable explanation for it? You follow that by saying that is why he never watches detective films or movies, because it's always expected that all the answers will be given. So you, you gave me a clue here that you're avoiding that or you're, you're going with that. Well, I think that's, uh, I think maybe one of the ironies of, of, of the entertainment industry when it comes to crime uh, fiction and um, on, on any level, books, film, TV, and, and the reality. And so I have a foot in both camps. I'm, I ha- I'm writing fiction. I'm trying to be entertaining. Um, readers want the fulfillment of knowing what happened. Um, but there's always loose, uh, loose ends. There's a, you know, not everything gets tied up. And so I think it's maybe a, a trademark or hallmark of my books that not everything gets answered. And so the reader might still, we might know who did it. We might not know why they did it fully or, or there'll be something left out there that's not explained. Well, that's what I realized. And what I'm going to, in fact, do today is have this discussion as these are real people rather mm-hmm. than fictional people. So I want, though, if, if you are, or I'll do it, it doesn't matter to me, do you want to give us the little brief TV guide synopsis of what this is about so people can follow it? Or would you like me to do it? I leave it up to you. Um, I can do it. I mean, I, I, I would like to hear your take, though. So why don't we both do it? All right. Uh, I, I mean, I'll be very short. I mean, this is a Harry Bosch uh, novel. Harry Bosch, I've been writing about for um, almost 25 years. And he's aged in real time. So this is Harry towards the end of his career as a police detective. And he gets um, hooked up with a, a young partner. And um, to me, the heart of the book is him trying to pass on the idea of this being a mission, not a job, to this young person named Lucy Soto. And uh, to, as I say, that's the heart of the book. Um, as far as the plotting goes, they both um, work on a couple of different cases, cold cases, um, involving one involving an arson fire that killed a lot of young children and 
and um, and that's really um, perhaps the 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 through line of of the story in terms of plot is 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 th- these two working on that case because it has a connection to Lucy Soto. Well, that's. I'm not going to add anything because okay. my next thing was about Lucy Soto and this relationship. I have this theory about mentors and mentees. And it's always been that if, if done correctly, the mentor learns as much as the mentee. And you see that flowing through here as well. And I've always believed that it was a two-way street. When you're giving, you are receiving. And when you are receiving, you are giving. And you see that happening with Lucy and with Harry. Yeah, I mean, I was very much aware of that idea that it's a two-way street. And I, and I um, set out so that that you would see that in this book and 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 for the most part i wanted it to be um harry getting something out of the relationship because the other way is obvious like here's someone who has no experience here's a guy who has lots of experience we we could we can understand that but i wanted harry to come to a realization and for the most part the realization is that when he leaves this department which is going to happen fairly soon in his life I think he was kind of bereft that he was thinking there's nobody who understands that, um, as I said before, this is a mission. And, and so in this book, he comes to realize it is a mission for this young person. And he kind of, it gives him assurance as he kind of goes out the door. He feels like it's, we're in good hands. And of course, this is a giant bureaucracy with 9,000 people involved in it. And we're only talking about one person, but that's the way Harry operates. If there's one person left, when I go out the door for the last time, who knows what this is really about, then I can feel good about myself. Well, you know, you mentioned mission, and I want to follow up on that because that is a theme even I use throughout the show is the, it's a sense that we, whether we realize it or not, we all do have a mission. Mm-hmm. And Harry is extremely aware of it, and he doesn't necessarily take himself so seriously, but he does take his mission and his mandate in life very seriously. I like, I like that mandate in life. I mean, yeah, he takes it seriously because the, the, um, the stakes are very high in what he does. I mean, you're right. Everybody has a mission. I have a mission of what I want to do as a writer and so forth. But in what Harry Bosch does, which is catch killers, look for killers, hunt killers, catch killers... They, those are really high stakes in our society because what happens if, if you're not unsuccessful? What happens if there's a killer that you can't identify who's out there? It can happen again. It can hurt um, someone else. And it's, you know, it, maybe what is prevalent in these books is the idea that a crime of murder just has rings that go out through a community, through society, and uh, the damage is quite great, way beyond the the horrible damage of someone losing their life. And so... Um, you know, Harry's mission is really important to him, but he also understands that it's important in a much larger level to uh, society. Well, in fact, throughout the book, you see the micro and the macro levels playing each other out. That's also a fascinating thing that goes on here, because like you said, I mean, it's the, the first commandment is thou shalt not murder. And mm-hmm. that, that murder is is such a uh, an effect on the, like you said, obviously not no one more than the individual or family, but it is truly a societal situation that uh, a murder takes place. We lose 
a piece of ourselves. Right. Yeah. I mean, the you're hitting on what has drawn me to writing these kind of books. I mean, obviously, I want like putting a puzzle together and an entertainment, and I want the to reader to not really be able to guess and all those things that are that are very much involved in an in entertainment angle on a book. But I think there's no doubt that um, there is a social history going on here and a social investigation is only almost like I'm uh, Harry Bosch is almost like an anthropologist or something digging down through um, the levels of society through the levels of a city and uh, you know I've been doing this for a long time this is I forget what number but I've written over 20 books and to sustain that kind of interest and want to do this you got to have that kind of dimension you got to be aware of it and uh, um, you know Harry Bosch is my guy who carries that out for me you know, you, you mentioned city and L.A. is the city this takes place. And in fact, a large part of it takes place in walking distance from where we are right, right now. Echo Park is right, right around the corner, literally. And L.A. is you you know the importance of place. In fact, when we talked earlier, you even said how you live in Florida, but you oftentimes you live in L.A. as well. But you have to come back here because you want to get those details correct about the place. And both Harry and you have a sense of place. And L.A. is an unusual city. And, and one of the lines you use is 20 percent of it, like our brain, is never realized. And I know driving around, sometimes I, I catch those places that I go, I didn't even realize this was right. part of L.A. So the city itself places as important as, well, as the individuals that in, inhabit it. Join us each week on the Well Beyond Medicine podcast as we explore the 80% of child health impacts that occur outside the doctor's office. Listen and subscribe at NemoursWellBeyond.org, where you'll hear pediatric experts, researchers, and policymakers from around the world discussing ways they are revolutionizing children's health. I'm your host, Carol Vassar. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, my job is to, um, for lack of a better word, sell Harry Bosch to the reader. They got to believe in Harry Bosch. They got to believe he's operating in the city. And so the best, one of the best ways to do that is to anchor this guy in a very, very accurate place and time. And so it's, it's important to get the details right. You know, I mean, I remember, uh, hanging outside, um, um, uh, you know, the downtown, uh, one of the downtown markets and seeing the spot where people go to smoke cigarettes because there were cigarette butts all over the, the um, bricks in this one particular spot. And, and so I put that in the book. Now, if someone reading this book in, in New York or London or whatever, they're not going to know that that's not real. But it means something to me. To It helps me write about a guy who's not real when I can get everything else that is real correct in the story. But also, there is a reality to what you're doing. And, and Harry shows this. Uh, and let's talk about place again for just one second. He even believes when you go to a scene of a crime, like you said, a scene where there might be cigarette butts, mm -hmm. gives you a, a, a sense of place or whatnot that, that registers. He'll go to a scene of a crime. And that crime may have happened because he's working for the unsolved case department at mm -hmm. this point. It will be something that he does, and he firmly believes uh, that by just being present, 
he picks up a vibe. I don't want to sound like it's, he's mystical because it's not that, but it's an intuition. It's an intuitive vibration, something he feels he picks up just by being on the premises. Yeah, I mean, in this book, you're talking about when he goes back to Mariachi Plaza um, and the crime had occurred almost 10 years before. But by just going there and um, kind of getting his bearings, this is where uh, the, shoot, the, the victim was. This is where these people were and so forth. It helps him conjure what happened. And um, maybe it's like detective work by osmosis or something, but um, it's the same with research. You know, I go and hang out in the places that, you know, and I'm not there taking pictures or writing down notes. I just kind of hang out and hope something gets inside of me that will help me then relay that when I write it. And, uh, you know, I, in many ways, I kind of feel like the writing work and the research work is a lot like detective work. And so what works for me, I've given to Harry, and I think he gets the same thing. He, it helps him put a case together. It doesn't matter that it happened a long time ago, but being in the same spot, something speaks to him. The place speaks to him. And I'm, I'm like you. I'm not trying to say there's anything mystical here or, or, or psychic or anything like that. It's not like that at all. It's really just having a feeling for a place and uh, that which helps him carry out what he has to do. Now, there's something else that's going on here. And you, you hinted at it at the very beginning when you were describing Harry's, Harry's aging. Mm-hmm. This is maybe his last, I don't know wh- where this will fit, but might be one of the, the last ones or near the end. And he has to continuously, like all of us, adjust to the modern world and, and, and use all the modern things that enable a detective mm-hmm. to really, really reopen a case. It's only due to DNA research and fingerprint analysis and things like that. And yet he also knows that there is something about the way things also used to be done that shouldn't be just eliminated because there's new elements. He, in, in fact, when he talks to Lucy, he says, you know, listen, you don't, no one even leaves the detective office hardly anymore. But I'm telling you, go knock on some doors. He visits places. You know, there is still, we, as much as we want and must accept the newness that people don't realize, that does not mean that you have to give up the best of what was. Right. I mean, you're, you're like, you're speaking as Harry Bosch. That's exactly how he he views the world. Um, he's smart enough to know that technological advancements can help him with his work, but he's also smart enough to know that the old way is, is not to be forgotten. And nothing in his world, at least, nothing replaces the old shoe leather um, at, you know, edict that you got to go out and knock on doors. You know, you got to talk to people. So much about investigation is just getting people to talk to you and not necessarily like people in an interrogation room. It's out on the street. It's out in the neighborhoods, getting people to talk to you. Communication is the, the key tool for uh, um, inve- an investigator, a detective trying to solve something. We really do see in, in this book, as we really should be aware of in life, that it's politics and money, politics and justice. Money and politics play such a role in, in, in the story, but in life. And we're not often aware of that connection. There's stuff behind the scenes that are going on. It's sort of like, what do they say? You don't want to really see the sausage being made. And that's, you let us see a little bit of the sausage being made. Yeah, I mean, to me, that is uh, fascinating. If I was to read that in a book or see that in a story, I, w- I always want to get that in. 
Um, you know, what the, I don't know what the right word is, what, what the device is here is moving Harry from point A to point B and putting a lot of obstacles in front of him. Um, when you can bring in politics, bureaucracy, things that everybody in all walks of life deal with almost every day. Everybody has issues with bureaucracy. Everyone has to kind of find their way through bureaucracy and politics. And so it's a way of connecting this guy to the reader. Most people, most of us don't solve murders for a living um, or for a mission. And, and, and so it's a very alien type world and you want to, but you want to connect it to the Joe, every man who's sitting there reading the story. And some of these ways are, are the way to connect it because Joe, Joe knows what it's like to have to deal with bureaucracy. Well, you know, you sh- may I say where I think this comes out the best is in, in what Harry believes. And it, and it was on a plaque or somewhere. I can't remember now, but everybody counts or nobody counts. And then when he hears the former mayor use those terms that he found so endearing, it almost makes him feel dirty because it sounds like a campaign slogan rather than a mission statement or, or, or that inner belief that drives you. Yeah, I mean, for many of the books, that's kind of been Harry's code. Everybody counts or nobody counts. It's about, a you know, a bedrock fairness. That's how he operates because things in his life, especially his early life, weren't very fair to him. And so that's where that kind of idea has come from. And uh, it, it doesn't say it in every book. I mean, it's, it's, it's very uh, used, um, you know, very conservatively by me. But every now and then he says it. And, you know, when the mayor overhears that this slogan, it suddenly becomes a slogan. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm sitting here smiling because I, I like, uh, in a weird way, I like doing that to Harry, have, seeing how he will react when something that's very sacred to him becomes just another political slogan. Yeah, you can see he's, he's yeah. not that fond of it, that's right. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this is something that I... I always like to delve into, and that's the role of the media. And you have a a line, a longstanding tradition of disdain that existed between the two institutions of law enforcement and the media. And I was reading the back of the book when it was all done, realizing, wait a minute, you were a award-winning journalist. So this is now an interesting perspective that you have. Obviously, when you're writing for Harry, the media is not as pretty as you'd like it to be. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I, you, it falls under the adage of write what you know, I guess. You know, I was a reporter in, in Los Angeles for a long time. I had, I was a police reporter most of those years. And um, so I had different interfaces with uh, the police department. But overall, as bureaucracies, they really bang heads. Um, and I was like more of a street level guy who was just trying to get the story of the day or the crime of the day and, and write about it. And, you know, you, you do enter a world of, of, of I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine, deal making, things like that. And uh, I, I've really enjoyed over the years writing about Harry Bosch from the opposite of, of the experience I had, what, writing about the detective's uh, take on, on these kind of um, interactions with the media. Well, you know, you mentioned before uh, the word literally Joe Citizen. Mm-hmm. And in the book, you have this line and, and I, it's, it struck a chord with me and I want to just read it to you. Nobody's really watching out for Joe Citizen anymore. And I think Joe Citizen is really feeling that in today's society. It feels that there, it's, it's hard to even find a source that you can 
have faith in, that you can, we're losing a little bit of that. And we have to be very careful because our sacred honor, as our forefathers said, depends on us feeling that we are the citizenry and we are what's important. Not that anyone has to even watch out for us. And, and you bring that out uh, in this particular, uh, the, in the burning room itself. Yeah, it's a little meditation, again, on the media. Um, uh, I guess, you know, I, it's close to my heart because I spent many years in it. And I was kind of like in the newspaper business when it was a great business to be in. And it's been, uh, you know, go, sliding downhill, you know, because of the changes in technology. And as it becomes decentralized and, and newspapers are not the tent poles of society um, that they once were places that were watching out, um, you know, had, you know, scores of investigative journalists and so forth watching over um, bureaucracies and politics and things like that. That is definitely shrinking away. And, you know, who pays that price in the, in the long run is the citizens that doesn't, don't have the watchdogs out there that were once there very recently, like less than 20 years ago. Um, so, so something, yes, we're changing. Things are gained, technological gains and so forth, but there are losses. Something is lost. And, um, you know, ha- people like Harry and the, the reporter, the, rep- the that line you mentioned is from a reporter who's been around a long time. Um, uh, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, I think an FBI agent has been around a long time who is who's noticing what we're losing. Well, and what you do, too, with, with Harry is you let us know in these exact words the visceral connection that he feels. That's much deeper than making an awareness. When you say that you have a visceral connection, it means you feel it literally in your soul, in your cellular structure. It is not something that is just, I'm aware of it. He feels viscerally inside about all of the issues he's dealing with. Yeah, I mean, he's a guy um, who's very smart about what he needs um, to, to get his job done, to, to proceed with his life. And he has to feel things viscerally. He has to start a fire um, in order to, it's very hard work to do. It's very hard to be undaunted and to be relentless. And to get into that mode, Harry's got to make everything personal. And so he, he is skilled at making everything personal. I mean, it's, I've been very lucky. I've been able to write a lot of books um, about Harry Bosch, and it just would not be realistic if every case he was on he knew the person or, or, you know, he had a real personal connection. And so he um, is, is very good at manufacturing, in a way, um, the personal connection. The, the, and that leads to the anger, the upset, the frustration with things in society. Uh, it gives him, um, you know, the juice he needs to, uh, to carry on. Now, I have to tell you something. I was captured by a line, and I was so taken by it, I wrote down the line, and I forgot who even said it, and then I couldn't find it again. So I'm just going to read the line to you because I think it, again, holds a a lot of meaning, especially when we go back to tying this all up into, you know, the, the, the society and the individual. And that is, from hopelessness comes compromise and cooperation. And that's, if there's if there's a light at the end of this tunnel, that's what it is, isn't it? It is out of that hopelessness. We will find a compromise, be able to cooperate, bring back the citizenry. Um, yeah, I, that sounds good. I'm trying to think of who said that, or maybe it was just part of part of the narrative. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that's a distillation of 
a lot of observation of how things on, on many different levels work in work in society. Loving what you do. We talked about passion. We talked about mission. Passion doesn't necessarily always imply love even, but Harry does love as well what he does. Uh, you even, I, I, you know, I, I think it's... Uh, it's not just a romantic love that he's looking for, although I can sense there is a little mm-hmm. bit of that. But there is a, a passion and that's there, we know, a mission that's there, but there's a love. Harry loves this. He gets up to work every day relishing the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, in uh, 20-some years of writing about this, this is just a little thing, but... And, and 19 books about this guy, he's never had an alarm clock go off. He does, he's not a guy who has to set an alarm to, to get up and do his, uh, do his job. And that's like by, by plan or intention. I've never, I'll never put an alarm clock in a Harry Bosch story because he doesn't need it. Um, he does love what he does. And, you know, in this book, that brings this to a level, level of almost um, of something bittersweet because it, the, it's very clear in this book he's running out of time. Um, I made a choice a long time ago um, to age him in real time, and I think that was the right choice. But now it's time to, uh, to you know, realize what that meant, and that is Harry's at the end of the line in terms of at least in terms of carrying a badge and being a representative of the state, of government, of the city. Um, and so there's definitely something bittersweet in that, and it's only amped up when you realize how much he loves us. And speaking of that, our time is up. Michael, and I want to end with these words. Uh, and these are to him, as we just said, Harry Bosch, every day he had left on the job was golden. The hours were like diamonds, as valuable as anything on earth. Thank you, Michael, for sharing Harry's diamonds with us today. Oh, thanks a lot. Thanks. Thank you. And thank you guys for joining us. Now, before Michael leaves, I would like to leave you with these few more words from the burning room. The good ones all had that hollow space inside, that empty place where the fire always burns for something. Call it justice. Call it the need to know. Call it the need to believe that those who are evil will not remain hidden in darkness forever. I'm Barry Kibrick. Between all our hollow spaces, the fire still burns. Let it glow and the darkness will be lifted. Michael, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, please subscribe or become a patron of the show at barrykibrick.com to keep it going every week. Thank you.